Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, Natasha. How are you today? Oh, I'm great. I'm feeling chipper and excited, and I got a hot topic to bring to our listenership, Natasha. And I have been watching the seminal piece of entertainment of our time, Yellowstone. We love it. We love it because we are Trump voters, and it speaks to us as rural, real men. No, it's great acting. Love the girl character. Come on. Um, it's it's violent enough that it keeps Moshe interested. It's pulpy enough and soapy enough that it keeps you on the hook. All is well with one big exception, and we could use your help here. Now, Natasha does this thing where when we're watching anything that we are watching. Now, Natasha did say part of a healthy relationship for her is having something that we're watching together, right? Mm-hmm. But usually she... Well, not w- all the time, but I mean... we. We should try to find our interests matching at some point. Now, usually what Natasha wants to watch is a documentary about the history of Velvet or um, or a uh, a poet uh, that no one has ever heard of who's uh, trying to publish one last book before lymphatic cancer takes him out. But we found a sweet spot, a Venn diagram, and it's the size of Yellowstone National Park. But here's the issue. We click in to start watching. I'm a 2 a.m. sleeper. Natasha, what, what time would you say you generally would like to go to sleep? Between 11 and 12. So we got a different circadian rhythm. So we're watching the thing, and invariably I hear uh, what I assume is a sound effect of a tractor coming across the ranch, John Dutton's ranch on Yellowstone. But then I realize, no, it is my beautiful fair wife. She has fallen asleep. And she, her um, hardcore sleep apnea is acting up, right? I think. We've definitely talked about this before. I think my, my loving wife is asleep. I'll turn this off. So I'll say, my love, that's how I call it, talk to you, right? I say, my, my dearest love, my darling, uh, are you sleeping? And she will wake up from a deep slumber and say. What? No, you will say, no, I'm not sleeping. Well, I'm not. When I answer, I'm not. I woke up. Well, and I will say, would you like me to turn this off so that we can revisit this fair episode? I'm always so cool, by the way, about it. And I say no, and I just use TV to try kind of lull myself to sleep, and I think you should just um, get into it. So then I started again, and then she, uh, she, the rumbling comes again. Eventually, I stop it. The next day, she says... Oh, prince of mine, that's how she calls me, let's watch Yellowstone. And we start the episode, and she's like, can you go back a little bit? And we have to go back. That must be annoying. 47 minutes into the episode, I am wondering what I should do. Should I put my foot down, and the minute I hear a snore, press stop and run out of the room and go downstairs to play a little bit more um, PlayStation? Should I allow Natasha to watch by herself for 20 minutes before I jump in. What? Fellas, ladies, what do I do? I also, I remember you and I, we used to fall asleep together to Richard Attenborough, like under the sea documentaries. And that was really peaceful. Yeah, it was actually. Maybe we should do that instead. It was not Richard Attenborough. It was was Sebastian the Crab. 
Under the Sea documentaries. The documentary about the making of the song Under the Sea. No, it wasn't. Maybe you're right. Maybe we should watch something that activates me less and you a little more. And then I'll fall asleep. We should be watching these Velvet documentaries. No, I like comedies, Moshe, and you don't like Yellowstone comedies. Yellowstone is definitely laugh out loud funny at times. No, I'm saying... No, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. The plot decisions that they make on that oh, show are, are so fucking absurd <laughs> that I would call it the comedy of our time. Um. Okay, well... Phone in. Let us let know. Let us know. We need some feedback. Well, uh, my point of view is it's just tearing like, us apart, guys. Uh, this is what I'm gonna do. This is who I am. Why can't you just so just deal with it? Why can't you just say, "Oh yeah, I'm falling asleep. I'm getting tired. Let's stop it now." Every relationship has one partner who falls asleep first. I don't. Everyone have, falls asleep watching things, but the and issue, they all have to deal with it. The issue isn't the falling asleep. It's the I'm not asleep once the sleep has been identified. What's up with that? Well, because you've woken the person up, so they no, aren't. But you're asleep. not. Uh, what you're not. In, you're incapable of of knowing that I mean in a more general way. I mean, th- it is. It isn't a deep sleep because it just happened. I don't say, Natasha. Are you deeply asleep? Have you fallen into a deep uh, slumber? Are you hibernating for the winter? I merely say, Are you sleeping? And you say, No. Keep it on, motherfucker. And you put a switchblade to my neck, and that's the part that scares me the most. All right, I'm just saying. I, I don't think I can change who I am. I've always done that. You've always done what? Like fallen asleep to TV. And then lied about it when the asked. Well, there wasn't always someone next to me. All I'm saying is it's not the sleep. It's the part where you say I'm not sleeping and I'm trapped. Either forced to watch a show that I'm supposed to be watching with you that I know I'll be watching the next night again. Okay, or, I, I'll tell you what you could do. Okay, tell me what I could do. Just turn it off and put something else on and let me sleep. You don't let me do that. You get up and get mad. What do I do, guys? Please help me. Please help us. This is really ripping us apart. Um, should we take a call to change yes, the subject? Please. We're going to call Alina in Seattle. Hi. Alina, Hi. what's up? Um, good. How are you guys? Oh, we're great. How's Seattle? Has Antifa taken over multiple neighborhoods? <laughs> no, I don't know. They I, might I'm be sorry. right outside I, your window, dude, honestly. Yeah, I actually live a little out of Seattle, but... Yeah, it's like it's like it's close by, but I'm not like in Seattle in Seattle, but I just moved here. I'm from L.A., so I don't really know like the vibe here. The vibe is anarchy, (laughs) Alina, and you got to be careful because the liberals are coming through your window with a Molotov cocktail and they are playing for keeps. Um, How how can we help? I don't know. I I don't know the vibe is over here, but I just I just moved from L.A. like a few months ago. So, well, how can we help? What's up? So, like I said, I just moved from LA because I um, met my boyfriend. He lives here, and we've been dating for about three months. And um, we actually been having some problems because he won't kiss me in public. And I'm pretty young, so I don't know if I'm just not like experienced enough to like understand that this is a problem or like it's actually a problem. And um, like you want to kiss in public. What? You want to kiss in public. Yes, I want to kiss in public because it's like it's just like in the moment, you know, like I'm not like you better kiss me when we go to the store. But it's like in the moment. And then he's just like, oh, um, that makes me uncomfortable or like I don't really want to right now. And so I respected that in the beginning of the relationship. And I was like, OK, like I won't kiss you in public. And I remember like I would have the urge to do it. And then I would just like remember and I'm like, all right, he doesn't like this. So um 
now I kind of bring it, I'm kind of like, I kind of want to get to the root of the problem. And I'm kind of like, why is it that you don't like to kiss me in public? Because I've been kind of hold, toning it down, toning down my emotion and my affection. And so like, what is it? And he basically is just like, the only excuse that he's given me is two things. The first one is, um, it makes me uncomfortable. And he thinks that people are watching us. And then the other... <laughs> And then the other excuse he literally told me is because he's a cancer and because he bottles his emotions. So I'm like, and then I'm an Aries, so I'm very impatient. I don't, I don't care. I'm all in or nothing. So like, okay, Aries to Aries. Um, cancer to cancer, by the way, cancer Aries right here. <laughs> I know that's cancer why Aries I really right have here. To bring this up because I read it in one of the other um, in the, one of the YouTube comments that someone said that, and I was like, oh, that's interesting because okay. yeah, but but let me tell you, you just. Your boyfriend is not someone who really enjoys public displays of affection. And that's like a thing, I think, you know, and I don't think you're going to make him like, where do you really want to make out? Like, do you want to like go to a cafe and kind of like French kiss for 10 yeah. minutes? Are you trying like, to, <laughs> are you, are you tongue flicking or are we doing a quick smooch? Oh, you're trying to like get it in there. <laughs> I can't help it that I'm a very like affectionate person. And like, he's, a, he's super affectionate, but it's like, I guess there's for him it's like a time and a place and for me it's like I'm just like I don't really think about it I'm just like I'm not I'm not thinking about who's around me I'm just like doing it because I feel it in the moment so when you and guys so when like, you guys are in private is he acquiescing to everything and he's oh, open yeah. he's super like a hundred thousand percent but it's I like see. only when we go to like Walmart he's like no like, well, I like mean, that is crazy I, that he doesn't want to French kiss you at Walmart. Well, I mean, Alina, we all know how erotic <laughs> wa Walmart can be. Like when I'm in a Walmart, when I go to, especially in the tire section, I'm, uh, I, I start getting really aroused. Now, how how old is he? How old is he? How old is he? Yeah, he's 22. He's going to be 23 this year, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be 22 this month. So okay. we're very young. I so. have I have some I have some uh, condescending wisdom here. Both of you are actually being immature in different directions. Like yeah, the idea that you want to do more than a quick peck in public <laughs> is to me hella young. I mean, that is youth, youthy, youthy. I remember, I remember one time I brought this girl to this DJ cafe. It was called Yamamas in Oakland. And I was so in, like, I was sitting in front of the DJ in a, at a table and just like hardcore making out with her and the dj came out of the booth and said hey man stop doing that it's disrespectful to me it was so embarrassing but when you're young it feels like making out is like the the thing you want to do so the thing you want to do all the time so i would say i get it but i think that you will chill and he is young because he's embarrassed about be kissing a girl in public, right? And <laughs> like that's also a kind of immaturity. But like, like, but like we're not in high school. Like it's like, and it's not even sometimes not even like a whole French kiss. It's just like a peck. And then he's like, not right now. And I'm like, are you serious? So it's I, I like, think you guys I, I, have to have some limits. Like maybe in public, you don't like arouse try to arouse him or something. You know, it, like well, he does say I do arouse him like with anything. So that's probably what it is. Then uh, we're both aroused right now talking to you. <laughs> Okay, well, you gotta have a rule in your you gotta have a rule in your relationship. N T I P. Okay, that's the thing to remember. N T I P. No tongue in public. Okay, <laughs> that is the new rule. No tongue in public. But 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 really, here's the, the real thing. Okay, this is probably your first serious relationship, right? You moved all the way to Washington to be with him. Is it his first serious relationship? 
Well, we both had one previous serious relationship, but like the, ours is like really, really like serious. And it's like, like grown our, up because you moved, you yeah, moved to be like, with each yeah, other. It's basically. feeling like a different level. And so really, this is my real advice. Both of you are figuring out, is what it sounds like. Both of you are figuring out what it means to be in a, and no, I don't mean to be condescending, but in an adult relationship, you're both figuring that out. And you both, I say this to a lot of people on this podcast, you both have to take a step toward each other. Now, you're, I'm taking you at your word that he doesn't right. display any sketchiness or shadiness in any other part of your relationship. There's no, there's, okay. So, because, you know, you always got that like, uh, oh, I don't want my side piece to see me kissing in public. You know, the kiss cam on the in the basketball games, oh, no. you know. Oh, no. I don't so, think it's, I so think it's, it's literally just. It's just this. Like, so, aware of the surroundings, like. So, both of you take taking a step toward each other, which is that is the work of, of, a, of, an, of a relationship, you taking a step back from how affectionate you want to be in public. And he's also got to take a step toward you to be more affectionate than he's comfortable with. You got to tone it down. He's got to tone it up. And he's got to be okay with a peck. But I do think the no tongue in public is and TIP. Great. great advice because I don't want to see that. I'm sorry. Yeah. we as, no, <laughs> And you don't want to be like... Having him get a hard, okay, he doesn't so want to get a hard on in the hair okay. care. He doesn't want to get like, a hard on in the hardware that, department. That actually, makes feel, <laughs> that actually makes me feel better because I'm like, am I like, am I actually too much or like, is he just like? But I agree. Like, I think like, cause I right now I feel like I'm the one putting in like the one that's changing. Like, I, like he doesn't want me to do this. I won't do it. I, I act this way. I'll tone it down. But he needs to also do it too, right? A hundred percent. And the I have okay, two. Because, I have two big thoughts here. Oh, but you could also introduce like maybe it's important to me that we have some affection in public. So when I'm feeling something like hand squeeze, like what would you be okay with? Yep. You know, I like um, that. a kiss on the cheek, a yeah, squeeze of the but, hand. But I won't do tongue in public. That's for us in the bedroom. I just having like a a little bit of per, agreed upon parameters. So they, I just had this uh, like realization the other day, which is that most of the time couples you are with your opposite. You are with the person who fills in the parts of you that aren't developed. So are you too much? Maybe. And that's why he loves you. And is he too um, like cool in public? Maybe. But that might be part of what you like about him, that he's stoic or he's strong or whatever. And so like, I, like part of the development of relationships uh, is just is everybody making themselves a little bit less comfortable and you, and so he's got a and I think the the road to him changing and the road to you getting what you want and him getting what he wants is always communication it's not fighting because that that's a mistake Natasha I'll just say that I make with Natasha is sometimes I want to work out the conflict while I'm upset about it I want to be like you didn't mm -hmm. kiss me because I love to make out with Natasha in public and we actually will fuck in public and it's not her comfort zone. <laughs> and, but so when I'm hot about the thing, I don't want to, that's not the time to do it. The time to do it is like, we're having a nice night. We're having dinner. Hey, I've been noticing that I like public affection more than you. That's just part of how I feel loved is by, is by expressing that. And I notice it makes you uncomfortable. I want to talk, have a conversation about how I can get what I want without making you uncomfortable. And then you guys come to an agreement. You know, you guys come, okay, in public, I'm going to squeeze your hand and that means I want you to kiss me. And if you can find two out of five times that I squeeze your hand, find the, the strength to give me a kiss wherever we are. On the cheek, maybe. It'll make me feel so special. And but that's a lot to ask of someone to kiss you on the cheek or whatever it is. Just like finding a way for everybody to take a step toward each other. Like you got 
to tone it down a little bit and he's got to make it more romantic and that right you think and ntip no tongue in public. We don't want to see it. I'm sorry. I don't want to see you on your on the road to heavy petting. It <laughs> definitely makes that me makes, uncomfortable. That actually makes me feel so much better because, you know, I was thinking, like, am I just too affectionate? Or, like, I think, and I, I kind of was stubborn to the fact that, like, I didn't want to tone it down. But maybe, like, now that you said that, I think it, it, it probably would be better if I did. And, like, it, I think it would, like, make us work more. Because that's literally the only thing that we fight about. Like, everything else is, like, amazing, but... That's like the one thing that I'm just like, I moved all the way over here for this and you can't even kiss me in Walmart. And it's just like, well, you know, I mean, this but- is the, the thing about a relationship. You aren't doing anything wrong. It's just so you guys are figuring out how to be in a relationship together. Don't ever take this. Our, I mean, by the way, we're strangers. Uh, so you can toss all of this advice. But don't ever take this as like your personality is wrong. It's. You guys are figuring out how to take two separate things and make it into a third, uh, a third thing, which is the relationship. How do you guys function best in public? Not how do you change yourself to be more like him, but how do you guys find a place where you're getting feeling, you're being as loved as you want to, as you deserve to feel, and he isn't being forced to do things that make him uncomfortable. You guys gotta, everybody's gotta change and bend a little bit. That's all. You're not too much. You just are figuring out how to be with each other. So as of now, should I just like be patient then and just like wait for him? No, you need to, to talk like... to him. Talk to him. You need to talk to him. And just listen to this and hear what Moshe said. Every time we talk, we just argue about it. That sounds like... Do you often talk about it after he rejects you from a kiss? Yes. Or after you attempt to kiss him? That's the wrong time to talk about it. Yeah, you got to talk about it like in morning over coffee when you're in a good mood. Ask him if there's something I've been thinking about that I'd like to talk about with you. Yeah. And then uh, approach it softly, like what Moshe said. Because right now, when you have that conversation, you're embarrassed because you tried to kiss the guy you love and he's defensive because he's trying to justify why what he's doing isn't unreasonable. If you guys have a mm-hmm. real conversation about it and then where you say, what would you be comfortable with? Would yep. a hand squeeze be okay? And if he's like, no, I don't even want you touching my hand in public, you know, then maybe you'll be like, Oh, okay. That's... Cause you're trying to meet him halfway a little bit exactly. and, and a handhold, like a, like a firm handhold in public. That's nice. Here's a phrase for you, Alina. I need, uh, affection in public it's how i feel loved but i don't need it to be a form that you don't feel comfortable with i don't need it to be a hardcore open mouth kiss right (laughs) i don't need that i want that but i don't need it but what i do need i need affection in public to feel loved what do you need? And then you guys find out what you need. And the cool thing about having open conversations. Yeah, what about- do you need? And then listen to what he needs. Maybe he'll tell you something you didn't know. And then you can you can try to help him or provide that if it's not a big deal to you. I don't and, know. And the cool thing about conversations like that is not only do they have a high probability of you getting what you want. They are also information gathering sessions where if you say to him, you're 22, he's 22, you're both young. And you say to him, I need affection in public and he says to you well you go you, you know you have your needs but i don't give a fuck about those needs i need i'll do what i want then you go it's like ah moving to washington was a terrible mistake it's time <laughs> to go back to los angeles despite the taxes that make southern california nearly economically unlivable i think i'm getting the fuck out of the pacific northwest so you get both things you both get the inform you both get to get closer to your partner or you get to learn that your partner isn't capable of getting closer to you, all of which is valuable information. But never take it as your personality is flawed or you you like love too much. This guy's lucky. This guy's lucky to have a girl that's like 
hot for him in the fucking hair care aisle. Yeah, well, you know, he just said that he will try to be more affectionate. And I said, I'll try to be patient and wait for him to get there. But I, I think talking about it in more clear terms, like what we suggested and mm-hmm. actually off like asking him specifically, what would he be OK with? I think having, you know, having like a new language. I, I have a I have a thought. We should probably go. But okay. I have a thought. Uh, Natasha and I have conversations a lot about me being messy, right? I'm a bit of a mess. I'm absent-minded. I leave shit around. And sometimes Natasha will say, uh, be less messy. And that to me, I'm like, how? I can't. I don't know what that means. But if Natasha says, can you pick up the dog medication and put it in this drawer? Then I go, aha, right? I can do that. So because... Being a mess is a part of like my core dysfunction. It's like it's it's deeper than just a mess. It's like it's part of who I am. So when you guys have a conversation like I will try to be more affectionate, I will try to be more patient. Those are nice thoughts, but they are saying kind of I will try to be a different person. I will try to be a different person. And that's probably not going to happen. You guys are not going to be different people. But if you guys break it down into like Here's what I need. I need a little hand squeeze. I need a kiss on the cheek once in a while in public. Here's what I need. I need to, when people are around you, not to jump on top of me. Like you guys can kind of start to go, oh, these are actual uh, actionable items rather than, okay, I'm going to try to be a different human being, which will never happen. I'm going to try to do these specific things for you, which feels doable and feels possible. That's what I think the conversation you need to have is. And not when you're both embarrassed about it. Maybe I am the problem then because he's told me this that I need to like general like not generalize like what makes me upset and he I need to tell him like directly like exactly what we need to do and I'm just like in my head that kind of like flew, flies over and I'm just like you should just already know but like now that you said that I, I kind of see like that that definitely will like probably change a lot of things if I'm just we're just like if I just ask him like we should just hold hands or like, is this okay? And instead of just being like, why didn't you do that? And then I'm like upset. Well, it sounds like you want to to feel in public, like he's your man Mm -hmm. and that's important to you. And the something about like, you know, ownership, not ownership, but like that he is with you and maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that you need to, tell him that it's important to you because he might not ever have thought of it in those terms like he might have only thought of it like damn she's like blowing up my spot and making me feel uncomfortable he's probably not capable of jumping out of his own frame of reference and thinking i see this is how she feels loved when we're in public and i put Mm -hmm. my arm around her and kiss her on the cheek that makes her feel like she's loved in this moment he might not be thinking about that because he's so busy thinking about his own embarrassment which by the way is a form of immaturity to be embarrassed by showing love in public i mean that's silly it's like what is he oh Mm -hmm. they're gonna think i'm a bitch it's like who's they Mm -hmm. who's Mm -hmm. thinking there's no they so so Mm -hmm. i'm no you're not the problem and he's not the problem it's there is no problem you're just getting to know each other and you're trying to figure out how to become closer as a partnership so i think communication what do they say sunlight is the best disinfectant have a real conversation not an argument about it all right good luck that's what we think thank you thank you you're awesome good luck bye oh she was sweet i wonder how far she wanted to go i know she seems like she was just like (laughs) totally willing to throw him up against the auto parts department just start rubbing his inner thigh but you know what i i (laughs) I really felt that what I was saying, like that both of those parties were at a beginning and they were very, I hate to say it like this, but they were very gendered. It was like 
both of those things were very gendered. His thing of being like, I can't, I can't, I can't have some girl all on me. People are going to think I'm soft. And then hers, like, I'm going to like jump his bones. Like both of those (laughs) instincts needed to be like tempered a bit. And the Mm -hmm. way you temper it is, you know, they're three months into a puppy love situation. And it was kind of sweet, honestly, because it was like, it's new. They're all learning. And chances are she's had a boyfriend who acted like that a lot with her in public. And she liked that. But this guy's not like that. Right. Just a, just a chance that maybe she's had that before. I think That's why should, she wants it. But. I gotta say, I think we knocked it out of the park with her. Yeah. We're pretty good. Should we do another? Let's, uh, yeah. Do we have another caller? Yeah, I think we do. All right. We're going to call Shailene, Shalane, Shalane in Brooklyn. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Natasha, we didn't use a matchmaker, but don't you sometimes think these singles out there wish somebody was helping them find the right person? Well, that's why there is Talkify. Talkify is a new kind of dating site that doesn't just rely on an algorithm to find you somebody because then you meet the same bums over and over again. Right. Instead, they suggest people for you, which I really love this idea. Talkify talks to each person on the site, asks them all kinds of questions, things that are important to them, things that are important to you. They match you with the right kind of person, even asking kind of awkward questions that you might not feel up for. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. We all know confidence is key when it comes to dating, but if you've struggled to find worthwhile connections, it can be difficult to feel your best when meeting new people. With Talkify, you can feel confident that you're meeting someone special who was picked just for you. We have a lot of people call into our podcast saying, I don't know how to date. How should I start? I don't know where to begin. The apps drive me crazy. Try Talkify because they'll suggest somebody for you. They'll also select and screen potential match candidates for you doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. I like mm-hmm. this. Right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you 20%. become- 20%? When you become a client at Talkify.com slash Honeymoon. I cannot recommend that enough. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash Honeymoon for 20% off when 20%? you become a client. 20%? Talkify. Talkify dot com slash Honeymoon. Shalane, what's up? Hi, How Shalane. are you? Hi. Oh, my gosh. You said my name right. <laughs> That's exciting. Well, we had a phonetic guide, to be honest <laughs> with you, so... We can't take too much credit. Our toxic producer takes about <laughs> half of the credit. Uh, what's my going on, Shalane? How's Brooklyn? Um, Brooklyn's good. Um, I feel like I live in the most boring part of Brooklyn, but it's good. Boring's good sometimes. Are you in Carroll Gardens? No, I'm in Bay Ridge. Okay. All right. Well, what's up? How can we help? Um, okay, so um, I'm 29 years old, and um, I really, really want to have a baby. I have a partner. I've been with him for a decade. We live together. We're not married or anything. Um, but basically, I'm just like, like so jealous because social media, you know, like everybody's posting, everybody's getting engaged, getting married, having babies. So very painful for me. And I am happy for other people, obviously. Like, that's great. I love that other people are doing awesome things. But I'm just like, how do I, like, accept the pace my life is going and just, like, live 
now, you know? How do you think I feel? All these people posting sold out arenas, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm out here trying to sell tickets to the DC Improv and some YouTuber that, that started thing. a month ago is playing the goddamn Newport Arena. Um, that is is difficult to accept the pace your life is going. But just you have to know, not to interrupt, but you have to know that whatever they're projecting is probably percentage-wise 30% worse than what it, they're saying on Instagram. Sure. So you just have to factor that in. And they look mm-hmm. 30% worse than they do in the pictures they post in real life. Yeah. And that everything is just on this like fake great thing. So, yeah. you, you know, as long as you can really know that that's true and give yourself like a healthy break from it too. And sometimes it's good to just silence certain people, you know, if they really activate you, but you can mute it. So it's mm-hmm. not. There should be a filter. What? A reality filter where all the people that make you jealous, you put them through the filter and they lo- <laughs> they look worse. And they- I know, but it's bad because it's also like my, you know, my very close friends. Like I have my one of my best friends wedding is this Saturday and like I'm obviously so happy for her. But I know she's going to be working on that baby as soon as they get married. So it's like, what do you want? What, uh, friends aside, like you want to meet someone and start having kids? I mean, I have a partner. Um, he's just not ready to have a baby yet, which is like understandable. I get that. So I don't want to force that upon him until he's ready. Has he said that he is going to provide that for you? Yes. That's nice. Compare and despair is what they used to say in AA. All of the things that you're comparing yourself to are false. You know, uh, like, you know, the extreme version is that the people that you think are, are happy because they're, they're getting married might be in a terrible relationship they might be having deep personal depression all of that and they might be totally happy and happier than you are like all Mm -hmm. of it is false information and uh, uh, here's a thought i we natasha and i had four eggs when we finally were able to start trying to have kids and then we, we 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 tested them and we were down to two eggs and then we put in the, the the second to last egg and we thought and she we thought she was pregnant and we were like all excited. And then when she mm-hmm. wasn't, we were like all depressed, right? And then yeah. uh and then we had our kid. And I think to myself all the time, like, thank God that second to last egg failed because then I wouldn't have met the person that uh, that lives with me now who is the most important person in the world. I didn't want another kid. Now, had that kid come along, I would have been like, yeah, yeah I love this kid. I don't want the other one. Yeah. But I never would have had our child if that first egg or those two eggs didn't die. We would have de- so the point is everyone's on their own timeline and the, everybody's timeline is is like perfect is perfect not perfect in that you get what you want perfect in that it's the thing for you so the baby that you want now that your partner isn't ready to give you it's the wrong baby because the one you're going to have or the marriage you're going to have that's the one that you're supposed to have i would say though i would give him like i would say listen um i want to do this now but i'll wait three years Yep. Yeah. I oh, have... yeah. We've definitely talked about that. Okay, good. For sure. Because I'm on a, I'm on a clock, you know. Well, no, it's like, yeah, and it's, you know, you're, it's up to you too. So your issue, you're the one who's going to be probably doing most of the work. Your, your real issue, <laughs> most likely. Your real issue is that you've accepted the timeline that your life is on, but now the other people's timeline is getting in the way of you, your acceptance. It's disrupting mm-hmm. the thing that you thought you'd accepted because you're looking yeah. at what they're broadcasting and thinking to yourself, oh, man, 
I should be like yeah. that. And you know what? Like another part of it almost, and I know that this is like an insane thought to have, but it's almost like, I feel like by the time I do have a baby, it's like, everybody's just gonna be like, oh, well, we, we've already all done that. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not an insane thing thought to have. It's just, it's, it's me to me. It's so easy for me to say, cause I'm not living in uh Bay Ridge um, with you. But it's just noise. It's just the noise of your little brain saying, doing this thing that brains like to do, which is, you know, find things to be dissatisfied with when they're when you are who you are. It's noise. Yeah. They're gonna be. They're gonna do what? They're gonna not. Maybe another perspective is by the time I have the kid, they'll have already learned all these lessons. So I'm gonna have a whole group of friends that can give me great ass advice instead of us all stumbling through the dark at the same time. Like. There's all these different versions of it. Like you go, oh no, my kid isn't going to get to be playmates with these kids. But wait, mm -hmm. my kid is going to get to be babysat by this kid. It's all a perspective thing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, compare and despair. That is my feeling, Natasha. I just think staying off of Instagram as much as you can. Instagram yeah. is designed to make you jealous. It really is. I'll like open it. I see one post and then I'm like, okay, I guess I'm done for today. Like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know, maybe check in. It's fun at the airport or I don't know. Just try to like do, try to communicate with your friends in other ways, like maybe through text chain or email or like plan something, you know, try to, to not just have that be where you're talking to them, I guess. I mean, jealousy is always based on a fantasy of yours, of how perfect everything else is. And that's why that's, this is just jealousy, right? It's just, yeah. and it's, it's an yeah, ugly, really. emo it's an ugly emotion. It's one that I experience all the time. And it's like, I'm always getting jealous of somebody and then, and then thinking like, do I want a different life? Because that's what you're really saying. It's like, oh, I wish I wasn't me. Well, it's like, you don't wish that. You don't actually wish that. You, you wish you have this great partner. You've got this timeline that is what it is. And it's all false. It's so false. They're not as happy as you think they are, and you wouldn't want their life anyway. Keeping in that framework, I think, is the secret to happiness. Radical self-acceptance. I'm trying. It's hard. It's harder now than it's ever been before because everybody is broadcasting a fake version of themselves. I mean, mm -hmm. my Instagram... Remember our Instagram? We would go camping. And everybody would be texting Natasha going like, I can't believe how much fun and freedom you're having through the pandemic. And Natasha, meanwhile, is like, I hate camping. I'm desperate. We're, we were both desperate. It's just like, it's all, it's all a broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. But I guess I'm like, I don't have anything to broadcast, even like a fake <laughs> broadcast. It's like that thing that Fran Leibowitz said, like, if you're jealous of somebody, you'd have to you'd have to have everything like them. Like you'd mm. also have to be jealous of, you know, you would also have to have every other thing that they had and you don't want to have all of that. So it's like you can't really judge it. Yeah. It's like everybody's on their own timeline and everybody's timeline is perfect. Like you know, the person that you're jealous of today could be divorced in 10 years. The person that you think is pathetic today could have the greatest life of ever in 10 years. And the real reality is when it comes to families, when it comes to your own future, like 
any attempt to think things should be different is saying that you know where your life exactly where your life is going. But when you do, and when and if you do have a kid, the kid that you meet, you're going to be like, geez, if I had had a kid five years ago, it wouldn't have been this kid. So what was, who am I to say that this person who I think is so awesome, I shouldn't, this shouldn't have existed. And the same thing's true with you. The life that you have now is the life that's supposed to be existing. Uh, so I, I just think looking at somebody else's life and picking the best parts and thinking oh, I should have that, you're basically saying that you wish you, that your life didn't exist. And your life seems like it's pretty fucking good. You got love. You live in Brooklyn. I don't know if you've seen the television program Girls, but Brooklyn, pretty exciting right now. So I just think it's hard. It's hard work and harder. It's the hardest it's ever been to accept your life on its own terms, but there's no other option. You don't get a different life. You got you. Got you. There's nobody else. Totally. All right, well. We hope we've helped. <laughs> yeah. Moshe turned into Tony Robbins over here, so uh, hopefully he didn't freak you out too much. Uh, no, not at all. But yeah, I like, just, I like what you said. Just try to be patient with yourself and have a, have maybe don't watch Instagram. Like have more boundaries with it. Like don't do it before you go to bed. Like I, I don't yeah. really log in at night really much. That is so, uh, such a good point. The amount of time you look, you spend on Instagram, try to, try to time it. Like, see how much time you're spending on Instagram. Take that and let's say it's, you find out you're looking at Instagram 10 hours a week. Try to spend five hours a week actively finding ways to accept and love yourself. You know, and, and, and give yourself the other five hours a week to look at your stupid, fucked up bitch friends with their perfect fucking lives with love and babies and all that shit. Allow yourself that indulgence. But with five hours a week, you know, work on a self-acceptance mantra or work on journaling or whatever it is. I, I almost guarantee a creative project, a creative project, like just shake up that time and use it to love yourself more because all those people whose lives are perfect, they aren't perfect. And you know that. And all you can do is make your own life uh, more, more uh, acceptable to you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you so much. For sure. Right. You're awesome. Bye. Bye. Right, bye. Moshi, you're so encouraging. Well, I believe it. I mean, I know it's true. I mean, we both do that. I mean, we, everybody on earth has that experience of opening up Instagram in a good mood, seeing people that you care about doing things that you wish you were doing instead and getting off Instagram being like, fuck my friends and fuck me. I mean, what a terrible <laughs> reality we live in. When in reality, if I hadn't gotten on and instead I'd spent that time just looking at my own life, I would have been like, you know what? My life is pretty fucking awesome. Right. Well, that means that you have to sometimes be disciplined with yourself. Like, I won't look at it at night, you know, or I'll only do it if I'm like bored or, or you know, once a day I'll check in or whatever that is and then don't grab for it. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's 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 very it makes you go down a rabbit hole and then you forgot what you were doing. So you have to kind of just abandon your phone for blocks of hours. Well, it's in the algorithm to make you upset. You know, I mean, it's in the algorithm to make you feel less than so you'll post more. Uh, so that people will think you're better than. And it's in the algorithm also of your own weird brain to want to click on things that make you upset. Just fucking ignore the noise. Easier said than done. Yeah. Speaking of uh, life offline, I'm going to get off this podcast now. All right. Well, uh, I love you. I love you too. Would you like to hang out more? Uh, yes. Let's, uh, let's walk, out, walk outside. Let's walk out into the grandeur of our lives. All right. Let's do it. Farewell, everyone. <laughs>